another song as well which I just want to let play as well okay here we go It's dark now, there's light 
Pretty beautiful. <laughs> Sayusha here from God FM. I hope you're having a lovely day. It's Saturday, Sabbath day. And I think it's the 18th today. Hmm. So anyway, 18th of March, 2023. And uh, what am I talking about today? Well, everything to do with uh, labor pains, actually. Hmm. I had a dream. <laughs> this week and uh, it was about labor pains and it was also about not confusing labor pains with fear and then also we were singing a new song so in this sermon I'm going to be covering all of those things which I think the Lord wants me to discuss but also (laughs) last night I got from the Lord that he wanted me to talk about the emergency numbers. (laughs) So there's two stages to this sermon today. One is birthing pop pains, a new song. And then the next part will be the emergency numbers that goes with it. And I'll be doing them separately so that everyone can you know, listen to them separately because the emergency numbers in itself will be very beneficial uh, for those people who are struggling in these weird times. And it is, it's very strange times. But just like, you know, when I was looking for a song today, 
I got a new day and I also got some other things and obviously that one about delivering us. It's interesting that when you go into child labor, you, uh, you are delivering the child and the Lord will deliver us from our enemies as well, as is prophesied and promised. It is a promise and the Lord keeps his promises. So we, if you like, this whole process is about being reborn, new spirit, which the Lord is pouring on us all. It's birthing something like child labor pains, as it says in the Bible, but also you're becoming a completely new creature. And so you have to get rid of the old you as well. So it's, there's quite a lot involved with it. But also you're singing a new song because you're new and you're celebrating being joined with, with Christ because it is no longer you that speaks, but Christ inside you with the Spirit. <sighs> so there's so much in what Jesus said that I think the Lord is revealing it piece by piece. <laughs> uh, the revelation of Christ, of course, is the revealing of Christ which is now happening. And so we have to celebrate that because we've all been veiled. Now, the other thing to remember is Adam was created first and then Eve was created while he was sleeping. And we are, in a sense, sleeping, waking up now because he says, wake up from your stupor, <laughs> which I think is also relevant. <laughs> so anyway, I... I've gone off on a tangent. <laughs> so here we go. So I had this dream earlier in the week. And I'm going to read it to you. Okay. I may cry because it was very emotional, right? In my dream, it was about a new song that everyone was singing. And it was called Nationwide Building Society. People called it Nationwide for short as it was about having a baby and the pain of having a baby. My daughter had a baby and other people also had babies in this dream. And my daughter was sharing this new song with everybody. And it went like this. We have a redeemer and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. We have no fear of the enemy because we have a redeemer and his name is Jesus Christ. I will not panic and I will not fear as I stand with the Lord whom I trust. I have no fear of what is not real as this comes from the enemy. This was a new song and the people were singing it. It looked like there was another lady who had had a baby and my daughter had sung this song and she was singing it on the TV and broadcasting it to help other people as like the like a movie in the dream. The baby that my daughter had had and the other lady were all covered in blood from childbirth, the pain of childbirth. And this was the main reason for the song, because the pain of childbirth is not to be confused with the fear of the enemy. 
And so the song kept going like this, I have a redeemer and his name is the Lord. It sounds similar to this other song that I'd heard on the radio, a similar thing. Um, And so it went like this, I will have no fear of the enemy. I have a redeemer. I have no fear of evil all the night. I have no fear of the devil. I have no fear of what is not real. I have a redeemer and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. I need, need him to save me from the enemy. I have a redeemer and his name is the Lord. And as I was saying all of this, I started to cry. Because I know that everyone needs to know this song. I also know the Lord is with me and I have no fear. I once was lost, but now I can see. I'm now a seer and I don't have any fear. Everything is really clear. Because I have a redeemer, I will not have any fear of the enemy. So it was like this. It went on and on about fear and all the things we must not fear from the enemy. And then it was all about the redeemer, that we are free and we can see everything because it is clear. And it had a rhyme to it as well. And as I say, it was my daughter's song, and she was teaching it to the people. I also realized this song was called after the Building Society. But the words say everything, as in Nationwide Building Society. We have a building society in England called the Nationwide Building Society. (laughs) And... You see, it's all about your interest rates. You're with the Lord, and it's testy monies, testy money. And it's also a material world, testing of the flesh, whether you serve your stomach or whether you serve the spiritual side of you. Next heading within the dream, birthing pain dream. So in my dream, my thinking was that we mustn't get confused with the birthing pain and fear. I think we're all going through the birthing process of the Holy Spirit across the world. There is a new song that is sung in the Bible, which we are told about, and I'm going to discuss all of this with you along with emergency numbers, so that you're not captured by fear. I've just realized we haven't got any music on today, so let me pop some music on. (laughs) So there we are. Got a very noisy motorbike in the background. Do you know, it's funny. All week, it's really quiet where I live. But on Saturdays, there's builders every Saturday. And they were drilling away this morning, all day. And I got so fed up, I came to my bedroom to get away from the noise. And then it still could be heard here. So I had to put the TV on to drown out this drilling, humming, annoying noise. And I thought to myself, I got quite cross actually, because it's every Saturday. And I said to the Lord, it's every Saturday. Nobody respects your Sabbath day. And so it's just so unbearable. You have to lock yourself away and try and get away from people making drilling noises on a Saturday on God's day of rest. Just my little grievances against the world. So annoying that people don't believe in the Lord and follow the Lord's commandments. So annoying. 
that's why we need our own spot. You know, that's what I think. You know, the Indians have got India and the Chinese have got China, but the people of God have got nowhere to go. England is no longer for people of God. Neither is America or Australia or New Zealand. There's not many places. Well, I don't think there is anywhere actually to escape to. Oh, I discussed this actually. I'm just thinking there was someone who was saying that, you know, many people are abandoning England because it's apparently going to go through some horrendous times. So I've been thinking about that. I keep saying to God, what shall I do? When shall I go? Where shall I go? What do you want me to do? Because I know where I'm going, actually, but I don't know when to go. So (coughs) we'll wait for the Lord's instructions. It is all about trusting the Lord. Um, So I've got Psalm 96 as my first psalm that I want to read you. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him, therefore, as before him, strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O family of nations, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy. They will sing before the Lord, for he comes He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his truth. Hmm. Now because I had this dream, it made me think of this new song that will be sung in the Revelation, the Song of Moses. So there's actually two songs that Moses sung. The first one was when we had escaped Egypt. And this one was praising the Lord because he rescued us and Pharaoh had decided that he didn't want us to go, even though he'd let us go. Yeah. And so we were singing praises to the Lord, who is amazing God, totally amazing. And then there was another song that Moses also sung. And this was just before he died. And in that is some prophecies also. And the Lord said to Moses, I want you to learn this new song with the people and this is a new song and that was before he died just before he'd passed everything over or as he was passing everything over to Joshua and so I think there's meaning in both those songs but then also 
Hmm. While I was doing this, I thought, right, I'm just also going to check what other verses in the Bible pronounce and announce a new song. And there was a couple in there. And with that, I really had a great old time. So I want you to really just sit back and relax, get yourself a cup of tea, because I'm going to be reading you some of these songs, which give you an understanding of who the Lord is. There is in control. He is in full control of everything because he is the author of life. And I don't want you to fear. You see, it's all about coming in the sanctuary of the Lord. And it's virtually. So it's in the spirit, in your presence, in his presence. Together, we are united. All of us together as well. So beautiful. And everything you do and everything you say and everything you think and everything you feel and everything you ponder, the Lord knows. <laughs> what I've found recently is he's very much in my head. And so as I think things, I'll put the TV on or I'll be driving around and I'll get a message, you know. He's so in there at the moment. <laughs> I think this is not just myself, though. Uh, I think this is everybody else also. So other people are getting different elements of the Lord really communicating. What we I call it is downloads. You know, I get this sort of revelation. So very amazing. This week, the Lord was talking to me about the Alpha and, and the Omega and the Beta, the Alphabet. And so I was looking at words and phrases and things and how it's very interesting. I'll do a sermon all about that when it's ready. Okay. So we've got the Moses song from Exodus 15, which is the song that um, his um, sister sung with him, Miriam, after they'd been rescued from Egypt. So I'm going to read it, Exodus 15, Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted, both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy in the greatness of your majesty. You threw down those who oppose you. You unleashed your burning anger. It consumed them like stubble. By the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The surging waters stood up like a wall. The deep waters congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy boasted, I will pursue, I will overtake them. I will divide the spoils, I will gorge myself on them. I will draw my sword and my hand will destroy them. But you blew your, with your breath and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? You stretch out your right hand and the earth 
swallows your enemies. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. The nations will hear and tremble. Anguish will grip the people of Philistia. Two seconds. The chiefs of Edom will be terrified. The leaders of Moab will be seized with trembling. The people of Canaan will melt away. Terror and dread will fall on them. By the power of your arm, they will be as still as a stone. Until your people pass by, Lord, until the people you bought pass by. You will bring them in the plant and plant bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance, the place, Lord, you made for your dwelling, the sanctuary, Lord, your hands established. The Lord reigns forever and ever. When Pharaoh's horses, chariots and horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought the waters of the sea back over them. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then Miriam the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women followed her. With timbrels and dancing, Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted, but both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea, the waters of Marah and Elam. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they travelled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, If you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you or any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs and seventy palm trees, and they camped there near the water. You know what's very interesting? We're told about the bits of water at the final days. Also, we'll be drinking the living water. And so in Revelation 21, it says that the bride and the spirit say, come and drink of the living waters. Very similar to this. And so we are told in the Bible there will be a second type of exodus where the Lord will rescue a remnant of people and we will come and drink of the living waters. So beautiful. And so this is also a precursor for what we can expect. Notice also there were 12 springs. 12 springs. Now, the Spirit has been poured on us all. And I'm getting this in from the Lord as I speak this, so this isn't in my notes. It's very beautiful. So, we've got the 12 tribes and they have got this living water as well. They are given this holy water and the spirit by the Lord. 
And I think this revelation, in the revelation, is this as well, because there's 12 springs. So very interesting how the Lord operates everything that happened before, I believe, is a precursor for what will happen in the future. So think about that. It's worth even reading and maybe doing a study on the first Exodus, just so we get a picture of what we can expect in the second Exodus. I'll look at doing that. Um, I have actually prepared a second Exodus sermon, but I haven't had a chance to put it to air yet. Mm-hmm. I'd broadcast it. So then we also got this final song that Moses sang before he died. And the Lord instructed him. So, hmm. I'm going to give you the background as well. The song of Moses, 31, Exodus 31, 30. And Moses recited the words of this song from the beginning to the end of hearing the whole assembly of Israel. Exodus 32. Listen, you heavens, and I will speak. Hear, you earth, the words of my mouth. Let my teaching fall like rain and my words descend like dew, like showers on new grass, like abundant rain on tender plants. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. O praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. His works are perfect and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just he is. They are corrupt and not his children. To their shame, they are a warped and crooked generation. In this, the way you repay the Lord, you foolish and unwise people. Is he not your father, your creator, who made you and formed you? Remember the days of old. Consider the generations long past. Ask your father and he will tell you, your elders, and they will explain to you. When the Most High gave the nations their inheritance, When he divided all mankind, he set up boundaries for the peoples according to the number of the sons of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob, his allotted inheritance. In a desert land he found him, in a barren and howling waste. He shielded him and cared for him, and he guarded him as the apple of his eye, like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft. The Lord alone led him. No foreign god was with him. He made him ride on the heights of the land and fed him with the fruit of the fields. He nourished him with honey from the rock and with oil from the flinty crag, with curds and milk from herd and flock, and with fattened lambs and goats, with choice rams of Bashan, and the finest kernels of wheat, you drank the foaming blood of the grape. Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. Filled with food, they became heavy and sleek. They abandoned the God who made them and rejected the rock, their savior. They made him jealous with their foreign gods and angered him with their detestable idols. They sacrificed to false gods, which are not God. 
gods they had not known, gods that recently appeared, gods your ancestors did not fear. You deserted the rock who fathered you. You forgot the god who gave birth to you. The Lord saw this and rejected them because he was angered by his sons and daughters. I will hide my face from them, he said, and see what their end will be. For they are a perverse generation, children who are unfaithful. They made me jealous by what is no God and angered me with their worthless idols. I will make them envious by those who are not a people. I will make them angry by a nation that has no understanding. For a fire will be kindled by my wrath, one that burns down the realm of the dead below. It will devour the earth and its harvest and set afire the foundations of the mountains. I will heap calamities on them and spend my arrows against them. I will send wasting famine against them, consuming pestilence and deadly plague. I will send against them the fangs of wild beasts, the venom of vipers, and the glide in the dust. In the street, the sword will make them childless. In their homes, terror will reign. The young men and the young women will perish, the infants and those with grey hair. I said I would scatter them and erase their name from human memory, but I dreaded the taunt of the enemy lest the adversary misunderstand and say, Our hand has triumphed. The Lord has not done all of this. They are a nation without sense. There is no discernment in them. If only they were wise and would understand this and discern what their end would be. How could one man chase a thousand or two put ten thousand to flight? unless their rock had sold them, unless the Lord had given them up. For their rock is not like our rock, as even our enemies concede. Their vine comes from the vine of Sodom and from the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are filled with poison and their clusters with bitterness. Their wine is the venom of serpents and the deadly poison of cobras. Have I not kept this in reverse, reserved, and sealed it in my vaults? It is mine to avenge, I will repay. In due time their foot will slip, their day of disaster is near, and their doom rushes upon them. The Lord will vindicate his people and relent concerning his servants when he sees their strength is gone and no one is left, slave or free. He will say, Now, where are their gods, the rock that they took refuge in, the gods who ate the fat of their sacrifices and drank the wine of the drink offerings? Let them rise up to help you. Let them give you shelter. See now that I myself am he. There is no God besides me. I put to death and I bring to life. I have wounded and I will heal and no one can deliver out of my hand. I lift my hand to heaven and solemnly swear, as surely as I live forever, when I sharpen my flashing sword and my hand grasps in judgment, I will take vengeance on my adversaries and repay those who hate me. I will make my arrows drunk with blood.
while my sword devours flesh, the blood of the slain and the captives, the heads of the enemy leaders. Rejoice, you nations, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants. He will take vengeance on his enemies and make atonement for his land and people. Moses came with Joshua, son of Nun, and spoke all the words of this song in the hearing of the people. When Moses finished reciting all these words to all of Israel, he said to them, Take to heart all the words I have solemnly declared to you this day, so that you may command your children to obey carefully all the words of the law. They are not just idle words for you, they are your life. By them you will live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. Very beautiful. So, there's a lot in there, isn't it? So if you read and understand, have eyes to see and ears to hear, what I think this is telling us is that before Moses died, the this was a prophecy as well. And so no matter how bad things get, you've got to understand that the Lord did scatter us. He did, and I believe that there was a reset recently, only 120 years ago, according to the Lord and my dreams, and I believe the Lord was in charge of it. You notice in that, it was saying you won't even remember who you are. So amazing. Um, then in the Revelation, we've got this new song as well, Revelation 15:1. I saw in heaven another great and marvelous sign seven angels with seven last plagues last because with them God's wrath is completed and I saw what looked like a sea of glass glowing with fire and standing beside the sea those who had been given victorious over the beast and its image and over the number of its name they held harps given them by God and sang the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb so it's quite incredible actually because it all connects up to the revelation like I say I don't think anyone has a real understanding of everything within the Bible because it's a mysterious book and because the Lord is the word in heaven and the word in the Bible and the word in the flesh everything that he thinks he has written down and so it has to happen because he is the word. It's so very amazing. <laughs> so what I've also got within this is lots and lots of psalms. <laughs> and I mean, there's quite a few here. But why did I get these out? Well, I believe that the Lord is going to use these psalms as, how can I put it? a way to uh, bring about the prophecies so that when the day comes, you can say, well, it's all in there, you know. <laughs> so this is what I think anyway. <laughs> um, but let's read in detail before I go any further 
the final song in the Revelation and see how that compares while it's still fresh in our mind because I had left it till later and see how that feels when we listen to it okay <laughs> so New song, Revelation 14, the Lamb and the 144,000. <clears> then I looked, and there before me was the Lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a sound from heaven like the roar of rushing waters, like a sound of the peal of thunder. The sound I heard was like that of harpists, playing their harps and they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth these are those who did not defile themselves with women for they remained virgins they follow the lamb wherever he goes they were purchased from among mankind and offered as first fruits to God and the lamb no one was found with lies in their mouths. They are blameless. And we've got the three angels as well. Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. A second angel followed and said, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, which made all the nations drink the maddening wine of her adulteries. A third angel followed them and said in a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and its image and receives its mark, on their forehead or on their hand, they too will drink the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath. They will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. There will be no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and its image or for anyone who receives the mark and its name. This calls for patient endurance on the part of the people of God who keep his commandments and remain faithful to Jesus. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them, harvesting the earth, and trampling the winepress is the next heading. I looked, and there before me was a white cloud, and seated on the cloud was one like a son of man, with a crown of gold on his head, and a sharp sickle in his hand. Then another angel came out of the temple, and called in a loud voice to him who was sitting on the cloud, Take your sickle and reap, because the time to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who was seated on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the earth was harvested. 
another angel came out of the temple in heaven, and he too had a sharp sickle. Still another angel, who had charge of the fire, came from the altar and called in a loud voice to him who had the sharp sickle, Take your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of grapes from the earth's vine, because its grapes are ripe. The angel swung his sickle on the earth, gathered its grapes, and threw them into the great winepress of God's wrath. They were trampled in the winepress outside the city, and the blood flowed out of the winepress, rising high as the horse's bridles for a distance of 1,600 stadia. Hmm. Very amazing. So, yes, that really relates to the other thing that we were reading. And exactly as I was saying, this is the harvest. It's amazing how it's all unfolding. I never thought I'd be alive, actually, to see all of this. And I want you to just sit down for a second and just think to yourself, how far you've come, okay? You've come a long way. God's with you, and he loves you so very much. Everything that's happened in your life has prepared you for today. We are alive on earth for a reason. To see these final days as they unfold before our eyes. This time now is our time to get it all together and get ready as in read. Read why. Read all about it (laughs) in the Bible and get to know his word because His word is a weapon, and we come with the truth, this two-edged sword, tongue, of truth, which conquers evil and anything that is a lie. And through us, we will be able to proclaim this message of truth, the gospel, the good news, the kingdom of God has come upon you. This was Jesus' main main message. But I think what happened was we got sidetracked exactly as the prophecy said. And so all the movie stars and everything, when they sing, they're often singing to God. It's so very interesting. When you listen to the words, I was listening to a song sung by Sting. And... I think the song was called Roses in the Wilderness or something. And it was very gospel-y, you know? Yeah. I was like, wow. Sting. Yeah. Very interesting it was. And so, and also, Celine Dion. Many of her songs. And Enya. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Obviously, you do have some evil bands, you know. (laughs) But most of them are singing to God. That's how you know that God's in control of everything. It's really amazing. (laughs) Uh, That's what I found. God has shown me that he's really in control of everything. And even though they might be on the wrong path, he's using them for his good, for his glory. (laughs) I think it's absolutely wonderful. My next heading is no fear, have no fear. Because in my dream I was shown that the blood of the birth is very frightening 
And it was, it was a child completely covered in blood. What I felt the Lord was showing me is that we really must not have any fear in this birthing process, the child labor pains that we are all having. We must not get confused and think this is an enemy. The labor pain is from the Lord. As you're changing and being birthed, I believe this because he is the author of life. And we have to remember that he is in control. We have no fear when we know this because we've got faith and we trust God. We have to go through all of these trials. And the more that this happens, the more we won't go to man. We'll go to the Lord alone. So this childbirth pain, which is referred to in the Bible, when a woman gives birth, it is very painful. But I believe it's happening across the earth, like a child with a, a woman with child labor pains. But see that you're not alarmed, for this must take place. But the end is not yet, for the nations will rise against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. And there will be famines. <laughs> Beautiful, isn't it? Earthquakes in various places and all these things are but the beginnings of birth pains in Matthew 24, colon 6 to 8. My next heading is the post-traumatic stress disorder, which is PTSD. I think a lot of us are going through what I call post-traumatic stress disorder. And this happens when you have a sudden crash uh, in a car, for example, and it's very traumatic. But this has happened at a world scale and it's very sudden and sharp. It's a sharp, sudden shock that has happened to all of us. And this is also very similar to child labor pains that a woman goes through. It gets more intense and the birth pains get more intense and closer together as you get closer to giving birth. So this also is what's kind of happening in us, you understand? So the closer we get to the final unveiling, the harder it is as we go, yes? But the more we go through it, the more we trust God because we have learned through all the trials that we can only trust the Lord because he's demonstrated his love and his grace in this way so that you don't trust man in the end. We have a Redeemer who provided all of the salvation. He went on ahead of us to lead the way so that we'd all know how to get there. His name is Jesus Christ. And salvation is through grace alone, not through works. But he saw fit to come here to the world in the flesh and die for us past, present and future so that whoever believes in him can be saved. This is a high price that he had to pay. But not only this, we have security in this because he purchased us. So there's no doubt in my mind about my salvation and there shouldn't be any doubts in your mind about your salvation.
we've got to trust in this salvation that Jesus Christ came here. And also salvation is through no other name but Jesus Christ. We have redemption in Christ, our Redeemer in Jesus. It's a bit like getting a coupon. It's only your coupon and it's only valid for you. No one else can redeem this coupon or pretend to be you. No. It's so amazing that the Lord showed me this because I was was saying, oh, you know, these people, they pretend to be your people, but I know they're not your people. (laughs) He said, don't worry about it because it doesn't matter what they do. They can never be you. They can never be us. They can never be the children of God. If they are not the children of God, they will never, ever be. It doesn't matter what they do. They can put a crown on a frog and call it God, and it will never be their God in the same way. It doesn't matter what they do. Because your name is written in the book of life if you're redeemed and part of the eternal inheritance as in the deeds of what you do. As that was saying in Moses, your deeds dictate your deeds. You're writing your own deeds to your own inheritance. You choose the fate that you will have. When you come to Christ, you're surrendering everything over to Christ. And I really, really think it's important that when you do this, you fully repent. If you've got any grudges against people or anger or anything like this, it's a problem. It's a very big problem because we are redeemed in Christ. And if we cannot forgive others, it shows that we don't really believe that Jesus has forgiven us. And then doubt comes into your mind. See how the enemy gets in. It's very very intense mentally, actually, to get your head around. Because in this, it's a seed of doubt within your mind that you don't seriously take Jesus seriously because you've not forgiven these people. You want to punish them yourself. You're not trusting the Lord because if you did, you would surrender it. And so that's what I'm telling you to do. One thing leads to another. Have a good search of your heart. Get ready in that way. Make sure that you've got no grievances. You know, when you fight with people, you need to try and put it right. I was in the shop the other day and I was very badly behaved, in my opinion. So there was a lady going round and whatever, and um, I saw this uh, bedding and I was folding it and looking at it, and she and she said, "Oh, what's that?" And I said, "Well, I think it's a double duvet." I said, "Well, why are you looking at it? Why do you want it?" I said, "I'm buying it." You know, I got a bit cross with her because I felt that she was muscling in. So interesting, isn't it? And I didn't like what I was seeing. Yeah. I wasn't nice. And I was like, oh. So anyway, I actually was embarrassed that I'd behaved in this way. And so later, I just went up to her and I said, oh, I'm really sorry. I don't know why I behaved like that. She said, oh, it's all right, really. It's okay. <laughs> and, and we got along quite well after that. But yes, it took guts to apologize because I didn't really want to. Yes. It's very interesting how God does this in your heart. My next heading is Judgment of the Lord. 
Remember that in the birthing process, it is also the judgment on the nations of the world and also the songs that we've just gone through demonstrate that the salvation has already been provided. But there are consequences for what the nations did and for Israel and what is real and not following the Lord as he instructed us to do. So judgment has to come upon us and the world along with this harvesting. It's separating the wheat from the chaff. If you notice in the Bible, we'd have a threshing floor where you'd smack the wheat on the floor so that you could separate the fluff from what was real wheat. So <laughs> I guess you could say that those people who aren't really sure about the Lord are a bit fluffy. Yeah, like like this fluff that you get off the wheat. Hmm. So you have to have this all thrashed out so that you can have all the real wheat drop out of it. And it's a bit of a shaking. And I think that's what the Lord is doing, is shaking the earth in that way. But once you've been separated from the weeds as well, you have to sometimes go into an isolation and be tested by the Lord. Because he's testing his own. And through your testing, your level of faith is built up. You're strengthened in these trials and your experiences. The more this happens, the more that your faith is increased through every single trial. You get closer and closer to the Lord. You learn about trusting the Lord and the love of the Lord. That no matter what happens, eventually you will become solid as a rock. But the Lord came for the sinner. Please remember this. So Some people think... They're not good enough. And they also think that God will never forgive them. And then they don't also forgive themselves and they blame themselves. This is all from the enemy. When you come to the Lord and you surrender everything and you do the sinner's prayer. Yeah, sometimes you have to practice as well. I do the sinner's prayer every day because it is the daily prayer as well for the daily bread and the daily sacrifice. But my point is, Really do a double check inside. Make sure you've got no clutter because the gate is narrow and you can't take baggage through it. You make sure that you're standing on the rock and that you're firmly on the rock. And of course, you have to then be in the truth, which is the light and the life of Jesus. Because you're relying on this redeeming of Christ, trusting in it with all your heart, mind and soul, leaning not on your own understanding, but only on what you are taught through the Bible, not seeking men. Because salvation comes through no other name but Jesus Christ. So this is only learned through trial and error and mistakes and going through life, falling at little hurdles, coming to the Lord. Eventually, sometimes we're stubborn. Uh, and then eventually we work out that we should just not bother going to anyone else. <laughs> just go to the Lord. Uh and it just matters not what happens in the end because it's all about matter, the material world. Nothing actually really matters unless it's real and true. Anything that's a lie is not real. It's so very interesting. Yeah, and nothing happens without the authority of God. So what's happening in the world just proves that God's in control because it's around the whole world. It's all synchronized. It's very clever. It is. It's really clever what's happening. It's so amazing. God's testing us all. So amazing. 
That's why all the people on the television are smiling <laughs> when they do these things. Of course, it's all according to God's plan. As I'm saying this, God's reminding me what happened when <laughs> he sent Nebuchadnezzar against us. You know? And he made Nebuchadnezzar the most powerful man in the world. Not because he loved Nebuchadnezzar. Because he loved us. Oh, wow. Thank you, Lord. I'm just getting from the Lord now. It's about discipline. Wow, that's really interesting. Scenario. Okay. So, because we hadn't learned, yeah, we didn't obey the Lord. We had to have a hiding, if you like. We had to have some discipline so that we wouldn't do that again. And so with a child, when you say to a child, don't do that because it's really bad here, often they're like, no, oh, actually, I want to go and try that. <laughs> Mum says I mustn't or whatever. And it becomes much more interesting. Have you noticed with grown-ups as well? who are in a new relationship or whatever, and you can pick out, you, you go, that guy's no good. You know, we've all seen it, haven't we? We're just like, oh, sorry, but that one's no good. Um, but they don't want to believe you because they've got to find out for themselves. So in the same way, we have to find out for ourselves who God is. We can't just listen to other people. It doesn't matter what anybody says to us. Yeah, nobody can perceive who God is, let alone illustrate that to us. Only we can experience that at a one-to-one -one level through Jesus, which is why he came here. Because in the old days, we had to go and see a priest to talk to God. And they became corrupt. They turned God's house into a bank. But back to it. So as this goes on, you know, with any situation I found... People like my mum or whatever should say, oh, you know, be better if you did this, that and the other. Don't you think? And I go, no, no, I'm going to do it my way. <laughs> you know, often I'd come crawling back to my mother and say, well, you were right. I did this wrong. And the same with my dad. Um, you know, this uh, appearance guidance, sometimes we don't want to have it. And God is our Father, and we didn't listen to him. So, in the same way, you know, with a child, if it goes into the road, it could be killed, yeah. So, um, when my children were young, I had them on reins, two little girls, uh, because I, I didn't trust myself uh, to, you know, have eyes in the back of my head, and they might run into the road. Also, children are snatched, you know, at supermarkets and cinemas and things. So, you know, this was my way of dealing with things. And um, so in that sense, in a physical, visual illustration here, they were on a short leash. <laughs> yeah. So God has to bring us onto a short leash as well so that you're not far away from him. So he's got reins on you, like a horse, because it talks about the horse and the rider. Thank you, Lord. This is amazing, isn't it? Wow, very clever. So God is 
saying, showing me that I often refer to this about if you're going to conduct your life, you are the horse. Make sure that God is able to control the reins and he is your rider, you know, as you're walking through your life. Because without reins, the horse has got no direction. So it's also about learning to ask of the Lord what you need. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. Because if you don't know what you want, how can the Lord provide it? Ask the right question and get the right answer. So, unless you know the Word and the Bible and the Lord, you won't know what you want. Because it's a bit like chocolate cake and strawberry cake. You won't know what strawberry cake's like unless you taste it. Or chocolate cake. And um, if you hadn't tasted the chocolate cake and the strawberry cake and someone put a bit of both of them together, you wouldn't know that was two different flavors. You wouldn't be able to identify. So in that sense, you also need to read the Bible so that you can distinguish between truth and lies and what's real and what's not. And you've had a taste of the strawberry cake and the chocolate cake. That's very interesting. So when... um, when I was working at uh, the bank counting money, uh, it was cash office actually, um, what would happen is you'd become familiar with the, with the feel of what real money is and the texture and the sizes of it. So you knew uh, immediately if you picked up one that was probably not real, it had a slightly different feel to it. So what this is all about is about truth and lies, this war, okay? It is, because Satan is the father of lies and Jesus is the father of truth, see? So the children display who they are in what they do. So if they tell lies, then they're from their father, Satan, who speaks his native language, lies, yes? And he's also deaf and sin and darkness and they can't see and then if you're in the truth you can see and you're in the light and it's all brilliant you know (laughs) much easier yeah because you you know the truth but also you can rest in it once you have been tested a few times you know with someone bringing the wrong banknotes you go first couple of times you might get it wrong but once you've been handling money for a long time You'll be able to say, well, that's, that's a fake. That's a fake. That's, I know it's a fake. Just by looking at it from a distance. So in the same way, God, because he is the truth, he wants you to be able to speak his language so that he can translate us into heaven like Enoch. Yes, because it's about transforming and translating and moving us up to another level, birthing, baby, blood. It's painful. It is. But once we know, then it won't be so painful because it will have um, unfolded by then. But in the process, you know, just imagine that, you know, in this fake money example, that you had taken, you know, a thousand pounds in fake notes. It's an expensive price to pay, isn't it? Because you probably lose your job. You know, like me, I would have lost my job, yeah. Um, I probably wouldn't lose my job, but I would, you know, 
After time, you'd be expected to know the difference between truth and lies. So in the same way, this is a discipline so that you know right from wrong. And when you do something wrong, you get a smack. Just like children used to get disciplined when in the old days. If you're a naughty kid, yes, I used to get the belts. Yeah, sometimes I got the belts because my brother made up stories. Yes, and so I was very frightened of my parents. But um, I have fear of doing things wrong in me because of this. But also, I was talking to a police officer the other day about a client of mine who's having some issues with their neighbours. And um, he asked me what I thought. And I said, well, you know, the ladies um, that's making all these wild allegations hasn't got any evidence. I said, you know, unless it's true, uh, I don't really have a lot of time for it. And I said, so it's either real or it's fake, just like God shows me. So if it's real, they'll have evidence. But if it's not, it's a pipe dream and it's not real and it doesn't exist. Devil's dead, lived backwards. And uh, we were talking about discipline. And I said, what this lady really needs is some discipline. Yes, because she's a nuisance and time consuming to the police. Um, And he said, you know, when, because I said, when I was little, I used to get the belt if I was naughty. I said, um, you know, he said, oh, so did I. I said, well, or he got the cane. And it's interesting how we've lost that. We've lost this discipline that we used to have as a society. Um, And so everything's become loose and acceptable. And we've, you know, accepted crooked people as leaders uh, because the people who didn't get disciplined are now running everything. And they have no identity in the truth. They wouldn't recognize it if, if it slapped them in the face. And so this is part of the judgment of the Lord because we went down that road. And so these guys, sort of the, how can I put it, the slaves are running us. Yes, the Lord describes it like the kings will be the servants, yeah? For the servants and the servants are all over us. That's kind of what's happened. Why? Because we lost our direction. We didn't take the discipline. We didn't listen. We didn't uh, have any respect for the word of God. And so God's going to show you that your actions really do play out in the physical world. And this way, he's demonstrating, because he loves us, what true evil is, so that we turn from our wicked ways and go back to the Lord. And that's the only way that's going to happen is through trial and error, making mistakes, finding out that you've got a thousand pound of fake notes, you know, because you didn't know the original note very well. So that's why you've got to know the Bible because it's a weapon and it is a weapon. Um, That's why Ephesians 12 tells you, 6.12 tells you all about the weapons that we need because the war we're fighting is a spiritual war that you can't see. It's all about truth and lies. So it doesn't matter. Nothing else matters, only God.
and you. And that's why these trials are important, because practice makes perfect, and eventually you'll stop going to men and you'll find out for yourself that God is the only one that you should trust. So very amazing. <laughs> wow, that's just a real diversion, but hopefully that illustrates it. Um, and so discipline must not be confused with the enemy as well. Um, child labor pains is the culmination of all these events that happen and they build you up like muscles, strengthen you inside so that God's temple becomes a fortress, a very secure dwelling place. You literally become part of the Lord under his wings in unity through love as well. The strength of this very important truth and love together unifies us all and love conquers all. So the truth comes in with the sword, cuts to the bone. And uh, and unfortunately, with that comes the discipline. Mm-hmm. And once you've got the love that rules above everything through Christ, we're all unified in that. And that's why it conquers it. Because if you notice, if you've got children... And someone does anything to them, you know, you become quite upset, don't you? Yeah. Uh, so in the same way, if we're all united, we'll stand up for one another and we'll stand up for Christ because nothing else will matter. Because only the truth matters. So we have to love the truth. Yes. And it's it feeds itself. It's like a machine. It's... It's beyond this reality. It's supernatural. It really is. It's blow your mind. If you notice demons, you can't see them. That's because they're not real in that sense. You see, they only have power over you if you believe it as well. Yeah? So if you've got any lies in your life where you've been telling lies, then the darkness has got dominion in your life. And that includes lies and demons and wickedness and people will come in to stir strife because the barrier of truth the gate of truth have been opened so that anyone can enter into your life but if you are full of truth there's a gate and it's locked because christ stands in unity with you and walks before you in every step you take in your life the lord walks before you yeah, like the times of Moses. I think that the stories of Moses are so amazing because they illustrate to us that uh, the Lord would go before us in the daytime by cloud, by day, and fire by night. So in this way, he is shielding us in the daytime from the bright lights, but also in the night he provides the light so that we can see. Now, we're in a dark period in the world. We are. <laughs> so there isn't any other form of light but the truth, which is the light. So if you want to know where to go, you have to make sure that you are signed, sealed and delivered, fully packaged with truth only. No lies in you. Otherwise, 
you will be deceived because comes what comes with lies is the devil and his dominion within that. Hmm. That's what I think. That's very interesting. I've gone completely off what I was going to be discussing today. Thank you, Lord. So hopefully that gives you some understanding. And also, as the Lord shows me, because he's in control, he is the author of life. It is the written word spoken by the Lord, as in the gospel, the gospel, the words have power, as in Jesus returns with his two-edged sword, which I've already discussed with you. And the people will speak with new tongues in Zephaniah 3. Now, what this means is the two-edged sword, I believe. Yeah, it's what I, the way I interpret it. It's not, an, it's not a Hebrew being resurrected. This is the truth, the language of God, which is the truth. There's no other language with God. There's no sitting on the fence. Either you speak the truth or you're not part of the kingdom. It's really simple. Uh, and it's only through understanding and having eyes to see and ears to hear that we would know this through the Holy Spirit who is inside us, who unites us to Christ because we become one with Christ. We are also witnesses with the Lord and we sing praises to the Lord in our security and our confidence that we have been redeemed through our trials. We have come to trust in the Lord with all our heart. The more things go on, of course, the more we have to lean on the Lord. For this reason, I'm going to also be doing some emergency numbers, yeah, um, as I've already told you, of what to do in these situations. Because we do come under the Father's wings through his sanctuary in the truth. Reading the scriptures which are alive and the truth. So you get filled living with living and being alive because the word is alive. And repenting is also key which I've discussed. Get rid of all the dirty pieces on the plate. So if you had a plate and it was dirty... Yes, you'd have to make sure that you got all the pieces off the plate before you washed it. So in that sense, God wants you to hand everything over the plate and the dirty bits. Yeah, can't hide the plate. All right. You got to be really honest with the Lord. He, he knows everything. So you hand everything over, plate, all the dirty bits and everything. And then the Lord, obviously, what he does is he gives you a new heart. And you become circumcised in your heart with the laws written in your heart spiritually. You become circumcised. You become a new creature. No longer do you speak, but the spirit inside you that speak, that speaks. You've got a nice clean plate. Jesus has everything to deal with for you. He says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And this is why he tells you, don't try and deal with your own problems. Don't, you know, don't worry about tomorrow because today has enough worries of its own. And he wants you to hand everything over to him because he actually wants to show you that he can deal with it and together that you can fight these things. No matter how crazy, unbelievable it may seem, if you don't come to the Lord and trust the Lord, you'll never know, yeah? It's like, well, I, I, I guess you could say it's putting the Lord to the test in, in, a, in a way, although he doesn't like it when we say that. 
Um, but how would you know you can trust the Lord unless you've gone through trials? So in this way, we have to go through the trials to know that we can trust the Lord. Yeah. That's why people who have been through trials can trust the, the Lord. Also, my next heading is truth and lies. Also, we must remember that if it is not real, then it's a lie, and therefore it doesn't exist. This is a war between truth and lies, and what is real and what is not real. If you notice, they're trying to change who people are. They're changing them into what is not real in a virtual world, in a virtual reality, or in the world of the dead, as in the metaverse, all through harp and everything else. So we need to fight for what is real through the, the sword of truth double-edged sword. In this way, we're confident in who we are in the truth. We conquer the lies in this way. We've also got to stand up for the truth and not accept lies in any shape or form. We unite in love. And as I've already decided, uh, told you about this, we're also demonstrating who we're serving and who we follow and who is our father in the way we conduct ourselves as in the body of Christ. Because, you see, we're part of the body of Christ, and then Jesus is the head priest who connects us up to the heavens because he's the head. And so he's also the temple that at the head. If you, if you know how to read it in that way, spiritually, there's a new temple being built which is a spiritual temple, because we're all, we are the temple of God. So this all comes into it as well, as we're all constructed. And when uh, Daniel says that the temple be construct, constructed in a troubled time, this is what he meant. And it's a spiritual temple. No longer do we need to go to a building to talk to God. We do this in the spirit. Hmm. Uh, also, like when I want to know that I have the Lord with me, I know I've got the Lord. Because I say, I am going to the shop. Yeah, and the Lord's name is I am. I often say this, and people may get a bit tired of it, but it's important to realize that we have got the Lord with us because he says, I am with you. When Jesus is here, he says, I'm with the Father, and the Father's with me, and I'm with you, and you are with me. So we must believe this. And I know it sounds hard to comprehend, but it is really amazing that this is the case. So as I've already discussed about not being partakers with the lies, otherwise we're in problems. Yes, we really are. Um, so my, um, as I say, I will be doing another section to this called the emergency numbers, all right, which will be a separate sermon, but uh, an addendum to this one, all right? And uh, I was also going to read you some of the other psalms that uh, the Lord had brought to my attention about this new psalm phrase. But there is not really enough time to do that today. So what I'll probably do is I'll do a musical video um, with the words of these psalms recorded, either written or audio or both so that this uh, we get some understanding of, you know, what, what he meant by this new song. And uh, just as a point of interest as well, 
um, before I close. In all of these um, songs, we've got the Psalms, but we've also got prophecy, which I thought was so very interesting. Uh, and I'll probably have to just do a study on it wholeheartedly separately to this. Um, diddly dum, where is it? Oh, yes, Isaiah 44. Um, is it Isaiah 44? Yes, Isaiah 44, I think it is. Is it? Cause this, oh, no, Isaiah 42, yes. So if you want an idea... Uh, he does talk about Cyrus, so he's referring to the older times, but it's also got some stuff in related to now. So Isaiah 42 to about 44. Um, and you can go all the way to 47 where, you know, it discusses dealing with Babylon. Uh, but if you wanted something to study, that's very interesting because you've got the new song in there and it also illustrates the... Uh, the way the Lord's going to deal with all the nations uh, and pour his spirit on us, all that as well. We, you know, when I pick a subject, I, I sometimes have difficulty defining exactly what subjects I'm going to exclusively discuss because I could just spend all day doing one sermon. And I've noticed my sermons get so long that I don't want um, it to be hard for you to remain focused on the sermons so I'm trying to shorten them a little so that they're not too too long and that way you're getting much more from them in a short sharp manner remember that this is all part of God's plan and like I say about discipline um, we need also the discipline so that we understand that we can only trust Christ and in our behavior every day, we do demonstrate who we trust. Yeah. Um, and if we recognize that we're doing something wrong, then we need to repent and come back to the Lord. We don't have to go and sacrifice an animal every day. So, And also prayer for our brothers and sisters is important at these times. So... The answer to this, I mean, the main theme about this sermon today is about having no fear, yeah, of the enemy and not being confused about the labor pains because the labor pains, if you like, are a way of testing and building the temple in all the trials that we're all facing. But we're not alone because we have got God with us and we're all united, and we're all going through it. You know, I mean, I never thought I'd be alive today. I really didn't. You know, I just sit around and watch these things on the TV, and I'm just horrified that lies have become the the main uh, thesis for everything. You know, on TV, everything is lies. And they openly just, just you know, spill off all these lies. You know, that's all they speak about. Lies, lies, lies. And... And it's so interesting that other people can't see the lies. <laughs> oh, dear. It's all part of God's plan. It's just amazing. And just be so glad that you are able to see the truth. And it isn't easy and it is painful. But 
I love you and Christ loves you. It's okay. It's all right to feel pain and it's all right to feel, you know, a bit upset about things and feel a bit lost because these are new experiences. We're all being tested. We are. And we have got uh, the Lord with us. But it's very hard sometimes because in this everyday life, we've got our everyday things to do. And we, we've just got to remain focused that this is a spiritual war. Demons don't exist in our world of truth. They have no authority or dominion in your life. So you've got to make sure that you're following the truth in everything. And if you do lie or tell a fib or do something wrong, you've got to repent about it and you've got to change. And it's, you see, no one is perfect. Absolutely no one can uh, do what Jesus did. That's why Jesus had to come. Because none of us are worthy. None of us. Not a single one of us. Yeah. And so... When you realize this, it makes you very humble because you go, well, I'm just a sinner. I'm just a human being, but God loves me. God loves you. He loves you. He chose you. He picked out you, every part of you. He made you, all your, all your special elements, your characteristics, your f- funny, funny personalities, your all these different characteristics. I've got certain parts about me that are just about me. And other people, I've noticed, as they hang around with me, they become like me. And they start speaking like me. And uh, when I had my uh, big shop, uh, I had staff. And they'd start with me. And they were very, you know, often very quiet and shy. Uh, But after a few, you know, a few months, these guys were ready to eat, you know. They were like lions. They weren't frightened of anything. (laughs) Um, Because it rubs off as well so the more you use the bible as your tool uh for measuring and use those words within it some of the phrases that jesus well all of them that jesus used you can use in everyday life as well you know i went into a shop and there was a lady there picking out a a, a book and i said oh you know you should get a bible Oh, no, I don't believe in God. I was like, oh, okay. She said, no, 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 I don't. I was like, okay. I said, but if you look, you're just looking for a big book. I said, well, if you're looking for a big book, that would really keep you busy. She said, oh, no, I'm not interested in that. She said, I don't, I don't believe in God and all this other stuff. And, you know, I tried, but she just wasn't really interested. And so I was like, okay, what can I do? What can I say to this lady? I thought, well, she's determined not to listen to me. So I just had to let her go with whatever. And then I thought, well, okay. And she, there was another book. And I said, oh, well, this is a smaller book. Maybe that one's better for you. And she was like, no, no, I'm just not interested in religion, diddly-dum and all this stuff. And I said, um... I said, it's a bit like um, writing a word down that's not needed in a sentence, isn't it? She said, yes, yes, it is. I said, well, that's very appropriate because the Lord is the word. And then uh, she rattled off something else a few minutes later. And, uh, and I just said, yeah. I said, well, 
just have to let the blind lead the blind. That's what I say. And she just didn't know what to say to that. So, you know, if people don't want to believe the truth, it's because they haven't got the truth in them. And if they haven't got the truth in them, then they have the darkness inside them. And if the darkness is inside them, how deep is the darkness? If you're full of darkness, there is no light and you cannot see and you're not part of the truth. It's just everything that Jesus said, every single thing. It's just amazing. Ponder those words. You know, what I um, do sometimes is I'll put on YouTube and on YouTube you can put all the words of Jesus that he spoke and you can just let it play in the background and... uh, I tell you what's amazing about that is it just goes in subconsciously into your head and before you know it you start to really understand it like even when i was reading these bits today some of the things that i was reading i was thinking car i didn't i never really read that and understood it but suddenly i'm reading it with new eyes and this is what happens so don't don't be frightened Don't be frightened. There's nothing, nothing. No one can overcome us if we've got the Lord with us. So just be confident in that. All right? Just trust the Lord. Don't panic. Have no fear. All right? Because God loves you. You've been purchased. He purchased you. Just make sure that you've forgiven yourself and forgiven everyone else. And then the Lord can really do his work in you. Yeah. I love you all in Christ. I think that brings us to a close on this sermon. And uh, and I look forward to you hearing the emergency numbers, which I'm going to do as well. Let's close with the sinner's prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that you came to earth and died on the cross for my sins. I know that you are the Son of God. And I know that you died and were resurrected. And I know that I'm a sinner, and I beg forgiveness for my sins. I wish to follow you. I cast out all demons, hexes, curses, witchcraft, Satan, and his cronies in the name of Jesus Christ. I am saved by the blood of Jesus. And if my family have followed pagans, witchcraft, Satanism, the Freemasons, or the Masons, or any tarot readers, or Ouija boards, or pagan festivals, or anything evil, then I ask that you release me now from any generational curses and break those chains in the name of Jesus Christ. If I've done anything wrong, Jesus, please forgive me. Please ask that you release me now from any generational curses. And if anyone's put any curses on me, please wash me clean and get rid of any curses and shield me with your wings. I pray this right now. If I've done anything wrong, Please show me what it is that I may put it right and that I may be pleasing to you and not an embarrassment to you. I pray this now that you you will keep me humble, keep me meek. Please give me the wisdom and understanding to navigate this world and to interpret your word. That I may help others and shine the light of Jesus Christ so that others may also come to the salvation of Jesus Christ and the light and the life of Jesus Let all the demons flee and be petrified when they see me coming. I pray right now. I also pray for peace and joy and happiness in my heart, spirit and mind and soul. And that you will provide the finances for 
everything I need. Well, my accommodation, my food, my family, my pets, jobs if needed. Give me favor in anybody I am under the authority of. I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Give me the wisdom to know what words to speak. I may glorify your name and not be an embarrassment. So it's you I seek to please. And uh, I pray that everything is pleasing to you. Hope you're having a great day in heaven, Father. Say hi to all my brothers and sisters. Love you in Christ. Hope you're having a great evening up there. Great day. In Jesus' mighty name, this is Aisha from God FM. If you want to find us, you can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon, Samsung, Chrome, Apple, BitChute for our media stuff, and also Telegram for all our media stuff from God FM Media. We've also got God FM News, God FM Bible School, and God FM Sermons, plus God's Homeschool as well. And um, <laughs> if you want to listen to all the sermons, there's so many on there, you'll find them on Podbean. Uh, that's a really good thing. You just sign up free, free of charge. You give your email and your password, and you can listen to all of the audios. And um, if you want to email us, you can do admin at godfm.org.uk, and we can join you to our WhatsApp group as well. Hope you have an amazing day in Jesus' mighty name. This is Aisha from God FM. Take care. Bye bye.